everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Good morning. So we are, um, we got a long ways to go in a short amount of time, so let's get into it. What do you say? You guys excited about the Word of God or what? Let's do this. All right. Good. So um, we've been talking about Jane, or excuse me, John. Uh, John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote other other letters and in, in, in as well. Uh, but John wrote his Gospel. He said, "I'm going to give you seven what he called seven signs, seven signs." And why he called them seven signs was because he wanted uh, his readers, he wanted his listeners to know that there are seven undisputable uh, facts of and evidence to support that Jesus is the Son of God. As a matter of fact, John said, I could have written more than seven, but I'm, I'm gonna, I just gave you seven, but I could have written more than seven. He tells us that in the end of his gospel in John 20. He says, so then many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of disciples, uh, which are not written in this book. And then he says this in 31, but these so his seven, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So we've been saying that there are um, belief, uh, faith, trust. These are things that are not necessarily even religious things. And so if you would have, if you would have, you know, if you would have said to John, John, like, what does it, what does it look like to believe? You know, is, is it like what, you know, modernized Western culture, you know, religion says, and it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta believe, you know, you just gotta believe. And you're like, well, what does that mean? You just gotta believe that that's not what John would have said. John, who was one of the closest to Jesus, he, he, he would say this. He would say that faith or belief, and it doesn't matter which way you look at it, he would say that either faith or belief is evidence of what you've seen. So this is John. John saying, listen, I, I saw Jesus. There's evidence of what I saw. He said, listen, I, I saw him die. John was one of the, one of the few disciples that were, was at the cross when Jesus was, was, was being crucified. John says, I saw him die. And then as he predicted, as he predicted, on the third day, I saw him alive. And John would say, and it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. There were hundreds and hundreds of people who saw him die and who saw him alive. And so John would say, faith is not like, you just got to believe, brother, or you just got to believe more. He would say, faith or belief is evidence of what we've seen. And this is true for all of us, regardless of what it is. Or, and or, it's the confidence in a credible source of what we've heard. It's the confidence that you have in a credible source. And so, over the last few weeks, we have been hearing from We've been hearing from, specifically John, we've been hearing from what, what, what you should deem and what I deem as a credible source, and you should have confidence in that credible source, because it's not just John, it was Matthew, and it wasn't just John and Matthew, it was Mark, and it was Luke, and it was a guy who, you know, who, who hated Christians. You think you hate Christians? Paul hated Christians. He couldn't stand Christians until what? Until he saw a risen 
Jesus, and it changed everything for him. So Paul went from somebody who hated Christians to becoming one of the best Christians. Not only that, but James, you say, who's James? James is the brother of Jesus, the brother of Jesus. I say this often. I have a hard time, or at least I did, I had a hard time convincing my own siblings that I'm a pastor. Can you imagine trying to convince Others that your brother is the Messiah? Think about that. So James, James got to a place where he called, he called not Jesus his brother. James got to a place where he called Jesus his Lord. How does that happen? Well, it happens because of evidence of what they saw. And we should, we should take that and say, they, we should have confidence in a credible source of what we've heard. Let me give you an, a practical example of that. So uh, there's an amazing couple uh, that's here. I, I love them dearly. They, I've gotten to know them a lot. Uh, Catherine and Ed Phelps. Um, we have a, I, I warned Ed, but I didn't warn you, Catherine. And so uh, we have a shared passion for basketball. We love the game of basketball. Uh, their coaches, uh, Catherine would say she's a better coach. Ed would say he's a better coach. And uh, I just love pitting them against each other. It's fun in, in that way. And so they... Um, they are apparently, I don't know, you know, but they're apparently the mayors of, of, uh, of, of South Lyon. They, I don't, they're not, but they, they, they know everybody in South Lyon. They know everybody. And so um, Ed sent me a text. He said, hey, I know your son is playing against uh, South Lyon, one of the South Lyon schools. He said, just show up and just tell them your name and then you'll get in for free. I go, that sounds like a good deal. So I show up to one of the games, South Lion games, and I told them my name, and they looked on a list, and they said, yeah, come on in. I said, I like Ed and Catherine Phelps. They're good people. They're good people. So next time we played a South Lion school, Ed text sent me a text again, and he said, hey, I got your name on the list. Just show up to the door. Let them know that you're on the list, and you can come right in. I show up to the, to the school. I walk up to the table, and I said, I'm Chris Doak. Um, I'm on a list. They said, what list? I said, I don't know. Ed said there was a list. He goes, he goes well, um, oh, Ed? Ed? Oh, yeah, come on in. Come on in. I'm telling you, the, they are the mayor's of South Lyon. So then, so then this week, this week I run into Ed. Again, we have a shared passion for basketball. So I, I start talking to Ed. I go, hey, you filling out a bracket? You know, the NCAA tournament is going on. This is like my favorite weekend, by the way. Um, I, the reason I want to get us out of here soon is because I want to go catch a basketball game. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I do have to go to a basketball banquet for my son, okay? And I'm annoyed by that because I'm missing basketball games, okay? Okay. So... So I talk, I'm talking to Ed out in, the, out in the lobby over here. You know, he's just getting out of Bible study. He's, he goes, hey, he goes, I said, Ed, I go, you know, who, who are you going with? Who, who do you think is going to win? He goes, he goes, Pastor, you got to go with Kentucky. You got to go with Kentucky. Kentucky is, you can't lose if you go with Kentucky. I was like, oh, I wasn't planning on going with Kentucky. I wasn't planning on going. But I, I said, Ed, he seems to know what he's talking about. And so he's like, you got to go with Kentucky. I said, so I'm filling out my bracket with my family, and I'm in a bracket with my brothers, you know, my, my son, my nephews, you know, and, and that's, there's bragging rights involved with that, you know, like, you know, I'm like my brothers. And so 
And so I picked, and, and my brother is here, and he's probably going, oh, this is why you picked Kentucky. And so <laughs> I picked Kentucky to go all the way. Kentucky Ed lost to a 15 seed. If you don't know anything about basketball, that's not good. They were a two seed. They lost to a 15 seed. And so then uh, this morning, this is just an add-on. This morning, I run into Ed and I said, Ed, come on, man. I picked Kentucky. You told me you were a credible resource and you told me that I can have confidence. Are you seeing the the picture now? You're telling me that I can have confidence in a credible source of what you tell me that I should do. I said, Ed, what happened? I go, did you even pick Kentucky? He goes, no, I didn't even pick Kentucky. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Ed. He He picked him to go to the final four. I picked him to win the thing, Ed, based on your credible source. You know what I have no longer faith in? Ed. I will not believe if Ed tells me there's a winner, I do not believe. Now, I will believe if I show up to a South Lion school that Ed's going to get me in the game. I do have faith in that. <laughs> not anymore. You're right. You're right, Norm. I'm going to second guess it now. I'm going to second guess it. But they're mayors, I think. I think they're mayors because I got in even without a list. But so this is belief, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be, have to be religion. It's just faith. It's belief. It's how, how it works. And so John's going, listen, I want you to have faith in Jesus. I want you to know that you can have life in his name because of credible resources that you can have confidence in. Not, not maybe even based on what you've seen, but based on what you've heard. And so John goes on. Next slide, if you could, please. So faith, trust, belief is built, right? We, don't, we know that to be true. That's life. That's in relationships. Faith, trust, belief is built. Next verse. So John says this. So John, here, here's the third sign. So this is sign number three. That's what we're going to look at. There's seven of them. So this is sign number three. And this is how John's record of the, of the sign and, what, and why you should believe that Jesus is the son of God and you, you can have life in his name. So John goes like this. John 5, 1. It says, after these things, there was a feast of the Jews. Now, there was, Jews had a lot of feasts. And we're not even necessarily sure what feast it was. But Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And the reason why it says it went up to Jerusalem, um, because that's how Jerusalem is set. Jerusalem is set sort of on a hill. You know, that's why Jesus would say like a city, you know, set on a hill, right? You know, let your light shine, right? And so Jerusalem was sort of set on a hill. So they went up to Jerusalem for this feast, verse 2. Now there is, so he uses the present tense. So John is, John is writing this and he's using present tense. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is, which is present tense called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos so, or five porches. So John is giving very, very specific details. Why does John do that? Well, one, John was there. John saw these things. He was an eyewitness of these things. And number two, later on, a couple thousand years later, John is saying, go ahead, and, and all the gospel writers will do this, go ahead and fact check me if you want. Fact check me if you want. So 
Here's another reason why this is important. The word is, present tense. John is saying, listen, at the time that I'm writing this, here's what this looked like. Here's what this looked like. But in 70 AD, in 70 AD, it didn't look like that. It didn't look like that. The reason why, why is because Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. And so John is saying, when I write this, this is before 70 AD. So some will say, you know what? Here's why I don't think there's any credibility to the Gospels. is because the Gospels were written and, and the writings were written so much later in history. They couldn't have got their facts right. Well, John is saying, listen, by the time that I write this, it was early on. It was like 30 years maybe only four or 40 years you know, beyond the time that we saw a resurrected Jesus. That should be important to us. That's why there should be some credibility. That's why you should have some confidence in these gospel writers. So years, thousands and thousands of years go by, right? This, was, this happened a couple thousand years ago. Back in the 50s, Back in the 50s, they excavated that area. They excavated this pool near Bethesda, which was by the Sheep Gate. And guess what they discovered? That there were actually five porticos. They were actually five porches. So thousands of years later, John said, fact check me. Back in the 50s, as the archaeologists excavated that area, they said the Bible is Credible. The Bible is accurate. The gospel writers, they're not writing fairy tales. They're writing facts and they're showing history. I hope, my prayer is that this is building your confidence in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God because of the credibility of these resources. So, goes on, the story goes on. Verse 3, in these, now at this time, in these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. Now, this is not a pool that you like to go down to when you're on vacation. Would you agree? This is a pool that you're like, let's go to the other pool. This is a pool that you're not going down early in the morning and laying your towels down on 15 chairs to save for your family, right? This is not the pool for that. This is, there was a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. Why were they all there? Here's what, verse, or here's what it says at the end of verse 3. They were waiting for the moving of the waters. They were waiting for the moving of the waters. Why were they waiting for the moving of the waters? Here's what it says in verse 4. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease which, we, which he was afflicted. So now, this is a verse Okay, ah, man, I don't have a lot of time to get into this, and I'll explain it to you if you want to have him sit down with me. I'd love to explain it to you. But this isn't necessarily a verse um, that John wrote, but 
as the, as the manuscripts, as John's writings and other writings, as they were being copied, they, were, they wanted to give an explanation for why a multitude of those, you know, who were sick and lame and withered, why they were going down to this pool. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is actually what was happening. Because if you look, and now even some of the more modern uh, day Bibles that have more accurate manuscripts from the Greek, they don't have verse 4 in the Bible. So if you have like a ESV or a new New American Standard Bible, there, verse 4 isn't in there because not, John didn't necessarily say that. Scribes said that. Scribes added that. And so be, to, try to, to try to give us as a readers a better explanation of why the multitude believed was there. Now, what was really happening was, is that that pool of Bethesda, there was a hot spring that was feeding. That's why there was a pool there. So there was a hot spring. So every once in a while, periodically, that hot spring would erupt and the water would begin to stir. They thought that it was an angel, but in reality, the fact were as history taught us and as people excavated and as people went through and archaeologists discovered there was a hot spring feeding into that pool. But this, they believed, this guy believed that it was actually happening. Verse 5. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. So this guy, for 38 years, he, he couldn't walk. He was... A, paralytic. He was paralyzed. He, we don't exactly know what it was. It just, John just tells us he was, he was ill. He was ill for 38 years. And he's there because he's thinking that there is going to be a chance for him to get into the pool first. And whatever this angel is going to do, this angel is going to stir up the water and he's going to be healed. So the story goes on. Verse so this guy had phenomenal faith. This guy had phenomenal faith. He, again, faith isn't just about having faith in Jesus. Faith is about, or belief is about, having faith or belief in anything. This guy had phenomenal faith. He went to the pool after being ill for 38 years Whoever, however he got there, we're not really sure. We don't know the, the, the details of all that. But he was at this pool and he was there and he was just trying to get into the water first. Why? Because he believed that if he was the first one in that pool, that the, that the healing powers of that pool from the angel that would come and stir the water, that that would heal him. He had phenomenal Faith, phenomenal faith. So then the story goes on. Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time. Can anybody relate to this? Can anybody feel like, boy, I've been in this condition for what seems like a long time. 
That this guy, for 38 years, almost four decades, was in this condition. I mean, he had to be carried to this pool, dropped off at this pool, and he's in this pool for a long time. Now, these people at this time, they were polytheists, which means they believed in many, many gods, and they were very, very superstitious. They were very superstitious. This guy had so much faith that in his superstition that he thought, man, if I can just get in the water first, the angel will stir it up, I'll be healed. They were very, very superstitious. Now, there's a lot of things in this world that are superstitious. A lot of things. As a matter of fact, you know that there's a superstition that goes on. Do you have those images for me? Here we go. So this is an image of, in in Africa, this is what they do in Africa, because here's what they believe. They believe, give me the next picture. So here's what's happening. Okay, next picture. That's a cow behind, okay? That's cow butt, all right? It's all right, we're in church, it's cool. So they believe, it's a superstition, they believe that they put eyes on the back of their cows The lions won't come because the lions are predatory animals. And because of the nature of a lion and how they're predatory animals, they think that if a lion thinks they're, they're, they're being seen, if the lion thinks they saw, they, they saw them, they go away from you know, their, their prey. They'll, they'll, they'll try another time. So their superstition is, let's put eyes on the back of our cows and fooling the lions to think that they're being watched. They're being watched. It works. It works. They, they have discovered, scientists have discovered that because they put eyes on the back of cows, that less cows have been killed by, by, lions, by lions. Do you know what's always 2020? Hindsight. Thank you. Thank you. That was so lame. I know, I know. I know, that was terrible. That was terrible. I practiced it on my wife and she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I said, I'm doing it anyways. Doing it anyways. So they believed, they had a lot of superstition. I gotta get going, I gotta get going. So they had a lot of superstition. So next slide, next slide. I can't see my slide, so I just, I'm just kind of in the dark here. So here's a, Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long, long time, said to him, so here's Jesus now at the pool. This guy has phenomenal faith, but it's in the faith of this pool. It's in the faith of the stirring of the waters. It's in the faith of hoping that if he just can get into that water quick enough that that will solve his problems, that will heal his thing. And here he is hopeless. And now Jesus sees and Jesus knows. I hope this is, I hope this is resonating a little bit, that Jesus sees you and Jesus knows your condition. He sees and he knows. He sees and he knows. And he comes and knowing his condition for a long time, said to him, do you want to get well? Isn't that an interesting question? Like, no, 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 no. Like, do you really want to get well? Like, I know you say you don't, 
you know, want to continue down that path of those habits, but you keep going back to them. I know you say that you want to fix your marriage, but you keep continually doing the same things and saying the same things and having the same routines that you normally have. But so, so you can say you want your marriage to be better or you can say you want that habit to be you know, taken care of or, or you know, have, have victory over it. You can say you want to get well over maybe a financial issue, maybe it's a career thing or whatever it is. Maybe it's a thing with your kids. I don't know what you're thing is for you, that you feel like I've been in this condition for a long time, Jesus is saying to you first, I see and I know. I see and I know. And I really want to know, do you really want things to be better? Like, Do you really want things to get better? Or are you just like this guy, waiting for the water to be stirred? Are you just waiting for the water to be stirred? In other words, are you just waiting for like, if I can just, you know, get past this season of my life, then I'll make the improvements that I need to make. Once I, you know, get through this event or through this activity or through this trip or through this vacation, then I'm going to straighten things out and I'm going to make things right. Oftentimes we wait for the things that we say, you know what, I think if I just get through this, if I just wait through this, if I just, you know, try to endure through this or persevere through this, then I'll make the changes necessary. And Jesus is going, listen, as long as you keep waiting, you're going to keep coming up with reasons and excuses and you're never gonna actually get better and he's saying hey do you want to get well next slide if you could please and oftentimes here's what's true i can be content in circumstances and don't want to change i can be content in circumstances but don't want to change but but instead i just complain is this you is this this is me like, I, I, I can oftentimes just be, I'm content in what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with, what I'm experiencing in my life, and nothing seems to get, be, get better. Nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to be improving. And we can oftentimes just, we can just get content. Ah, just, that's just the way that he is. That's just the way that she is. That's just how we have, you know, that's how we, you know, deal with our kids or that, that's how I cope with, you know, life or that's, that's my self-medication. That's how I relieve stress or anxiety or worry. Oftentimes we just are content in the circumstances and don't want to change. But instead, I, we, we continue to complain because we know that they're hurtful. We know that they're destructive. Next slide. So we're waiting for the moving of the water. Next slide. Faith for us, just like it was for this man, faith for us can often be misplaced. Faith can often be misplaced. Again, this guy had faith. He had phenomenal faith, but it was misplaced. It was put in the wrong thing. You and I have faith. We, we believe in something. You, at the core, if, if I pressed you, you would have to tell me what you believe because all of us at our core have some sort of faith or belief system. It may not be in religion and, you know, you may not like religion and I, I get that, I understand that. But listen, all of us have faith. So here's what, here's what happens to us. We misplace our faith. We put our faith in the wrong 
thing. So example of that, a um, couple months ago, my son came to me. He said, Dad, um, um, I was down in the basement, and the reason why he was down in the basement is because my youngest son, who he shares a room with, he was sick. My oldest son didn't want to get sick, so he slept for a couple days down in the basement. And so while he was down in the basement, he fell asleep with an air pod, what's called an air pod, in his, in his ear. And he said, Dad, I woke up the next morning, and I can't find my air pod. I can't find my air pod. He goes, I, I looked everywhere. He goes, I pulled out all the cushions. As a matter of fact, which sort of annoyed me, he lifted up the couch and, and, the, and the fabric underneath the couch, he ripped that open. You know what I'm talking about? He ripped that open thinking that the air pod would fall, maybe fell into the crevices into underneath the couch. So he said, I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere. Now, I have like a, a little bit of a hidden talent and that's this. I'm really good at finding things. The only one better is my mom. So when I lose something, I call my mom. I say, mom, I can't find my keys. No. And so, so he's like, dad, I can't find it. He, I, he goes, dad, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. I was like, all right, okay, all right. So literally a couple months went by. And he was, he was just using one AirPod. Just, you know, how annoying is that? Like, you know, like, it's just annoying. So he was using just one AirPod for like a couple months. He said, Dad, he goes, Grandma, Grandma tried to find it. She couldn't find it. She, he goes, Dad, Mom tried to look for it. Mom couldn't look for it. And I, I looked at Nathan. And I said, Nathan, do you want me to find your AirPod? And he goes, Dad, you won't be able to find it, but sure, go ahead. I said, do you really want me to find your AirPod? He goes, Dad, you're not going to find it, but go ahead, sure. I said, okay. I said, if I find, if I find your AirPod, you're going to have to call me king for the rest of the day. <laughs> I know. That's the kind of parent I am. It's the kind of dad I am. I said, you're going to have to call me king for the rest of the day. He said, okay. He goes, Dad, you're, I, I, that's fine. And I said, let's shake on it. We shook on it. I said, you're going to have to call me King Chris for the rest of the day if I find your, he's like, all right, you're not going to find it. So I went downstairs and I pulled up all the cushions and there was not nothing. I lifted up the couch and I pulled away the, the fabric that he already cut away to try to look in the couch. And then I looked on the shelf and I simply moved something away, and there was the AirPod right on the shelf next to the couch. He called me King Chris the rest of the day. You see, you see, he put his faith in himself that he could find the AirPod. He put his faith, this is a bad analogy, he put his faith in his grandma. He put his faith in his mom. But when I said, hey son, do you really want to find that AirPod? He finally had to put his faith in his old man. And his old man delivered. Listen. Don't misplace your faith. Everything else in this life will let you down. Everything else will never, ever, 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 ever satisfy what only Jesus can do for you.
So let's not be a bunch of people that believe in superstition or some other way of that they, they think that this is how my life is gonna work best. No, 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 no. Jesus said, listen, I made you. I created you. I formed you. I wanna be with you. I see you. I know you. And I don't care what you're going through. I don't, it doesn't matter how long you're going through it, but I wanna, I have a question for you. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Here's how you get well. You put your faith in Jesus. You put your faith in Jesus. And I'm telling you, you'll walk out of there just like that man did that day. I wish I had more time to go over. I think I only got through the introduction today. But I don't don't want to leave you too late but I wanted to leave you on that note anyways. Hey, don't misplace your faith. You have faith in something. You do. Put your faith, put your faith on Jesus. I know you've tried it with addiction. You tried it with your marriage. You tried it with your kids. You tried it with your finances. You tried all these different things, but Jesus is going, do you really want to get this right? Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust him. Father, thanks for the day. Thanks for the the best sermon that was told today. And that was the baptism of Linda and Sarah. Their, Their testimony, their story, that's a sermon worth sharing. That's a that's a that's a a picture worth showing. And it's all because. They decided, I'm not going to misplace my faith. I'm going to put my faith not in some sort of stirring of the waters in hopes of some sort of superstitious angel that will come down and stir the water and, and, and make things better. No, no, no. I'm putting my faith in the Jesus who sees me, who knows me, who made me, who formed me, who gave life to me, who gives me life every single day, who allows me to understand and know that there is truth, there is reality, there's truth to this world, and that we can put our faith in the evidence of what we've already seen in our life, but also in the credibility of of confident, credible sources of what we've heard. So Father, I just pray, Lord, that we don't misplace our faith, that we place it in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. Come on back next week.